Did, did you know that the there's a word um, potato killer? Yeah, um, it usually killer? means like friendly and sociable is how you use it, but it literally means like an uncle. <laughs> so you're very avuncular. <laughs> Congrats. How does it feel? We are rolling. We're good to go whenever we want to go. Sick. I hope they caught. I hope it caught my avuncular definition. I can lead with that. Um, all right. This is finding the Overton window. Uh, I'm Daniel T. Fuller. I'm Paul Dougal. Drinking a protein shake. And Emmanuel Atendama. Um, and today is a special off-schedule episode. Um, we have um, a specific topic that Emmanuel is going to lead into. So why don't you give us a little foreshadowing about what's to come, Emmanuel? Well, the foreshadowing is that just coming here this evening, um, gas prices were up by seven cents, and I'm pretty mad about it. And that leads very well into what the topic is tonight. I just wanted us to talk about um, some of the current things that we've been hearing about economics. Everyone's mad about how much they're making, about taxes, and about... The I word? Yes. Uh, investments, we already talked about that last week. And most people were burnt by it in 2021 and 2022, but... I thought it was igloos. <laughs> no? Inflation. Oh, oh yeah, inflation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yes. Yeah, oh, inflation too. Inflation too. Okay. Well, I guess I was thinking something else. Investments are the good I word. <clears throat> not what if you're holding onto Bitcoin. True. Well, that's not an investment. That's gambling. <laughs> if you bought Bitcoin at 60000 I'm sure right now you, you have probably been left holding the bag. Man, I remember in like 2020, the amount of people who were writing Reddit posts that mm. like, oh man, you know. I uh, I did, just took out like a, a double mortgage and put everything into oh, no. into it, and then it dropped down to like 4k the next week. And they're like, guys, my wife just divorced me. <laughs> guys, I don't know how to tell how to tell my fiance that our entire future is like one fifth. <laughs> no, the the best is all the people who who like made fun of Bitcoin when it was like just beginning, or like when it hit its first low. Yeah. They were like, "This is never gonna take off," and like they would buy it as a joke or something. Yeah. And then it and became, they actually made money. They made so the much made, money. Yeah, they made money if they could still get into their account. Yeah. Well, same thing with the same thing with Dogecoin, right? Like people who bought people bought that as a meme, and then it popped oh, yeah. off, and then everyone else was left like holding bags. So every <laughs> new like rug pull coin that comes out. Uh-huh. Okay, so I just wanted us to talk about economics in general and look at a few other things. Uh, just before this began, we're talking about uh, what it meant to have equality of opportunity, what it meant to have, uh, what we meant by the pay gap and the wealth gap, words, uh, phrases that have been flung around a lot recently. And so, yeah, Paul, what comes to mind when you think of economics? Uh, well, when I think of economics, I mean, it depends. It's a very tainted view now that you just said the wealth gap and the income <laughs> gap, because now that's all I can think about and how frustrating that is. Yeah. But, I mean, economics, I mean, I don't know. It's money. It's how the world works. We don't really, I mean, people, some people understand it better than others. Do we really understand pa- it? Paul, Probably not. What? do you think economics exists? Let's start with that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we got some ground. I, I personally, I think economics exists. What about you, Emmanuel? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. There. With it. Look at that. We we've have all, a baseline We've all met here. together here. Yeah. Beautiful. It'll never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the money, we need to 
figure out how to not let things tank, you know, like they have in the past. That's what those people do, right? Well, tanking's okay. Uh, implosion is probably better, like what we're I mean, trying I to guess, avoid. yeah, that's a better, I was thinking yeah. the same thing, but you I'm sure, yeah, yeah, because I, I, yes. I think, I know, I think what you were thinking of is like the wheelbarrow full of cash, right? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. of course. We, we should indeed avoid that. Yeah. I'm sure right now in Britain, when they think about inflation, people are thinking about their pensions disappearing. Yeah. Yeah, pensions yeah. or life savings in whatever yeah. form they take or, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I know my parents are. They're, they're like, they're oh pretty yeah, worried sure. right now. Yeah. Honestly, though, wheelbarrow full of cash, those are free gains, free gains. I knew you were gonna say. So. I, knew, <laughs> I just knew that was coming. I just, I just came coming. from the gym. I have to. I have to. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could fill it with like literally anything else, and it would be heavier. Well, yes, really obviously, push. but if it's something you have to carry, you oh, are going true. to get those gains. It's like yeah. the idea if you have to walk to work every day, you're going to burn those calories. Yep. Yeah. All right, guys, you heard it here first. Inflation is the new, uh, <laughs> the new fitness trend. <laughs> we'll purposefully destroy the economy just to make ourselves live harder Because it's lives. not like anyone here uses credit cards for everything anyway, so... <laughs> Couldn't be me. <laughs> Okay, well, so economics. Mm -hmm. uh, I often like to look on Wikipedia for everything. If Wikipedia fails source, to look at export definition, mm -hmm. and three main words, you'd often see three main words. Production, consumption, transfer of wealth. And of course, the last phrase over there, transfer of wealth, that leads to the whole wealth gap thing we're just talking about. Mm -hmm. But we are looking at production and we are looking at consumption. Someone's producing, someone's consuming. They might be the same people, it might be different people. How, what do we think about, say, the, uh, the economic trends that we see in our own nation? Let's just look at our own small town, our own small college town. Uh, like, what is produced? What is being consumed? And projecting this onto the nation, what is being produced? What is being consumed? And how does that affect the general trends that we are observing recently? What well, is a wide yes, question? Yes, very wide. <laughs> I mean, what is produced here in this in this nameless town we live in? Uh, yeah. Alcohol <laughs> is imported. That's the and only sold thing consumed as well. Like triple markup. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. That's actually it. I mean, uh, the occasional ream of paper. A lot of electricity. Mm, uh, there yeah. used to be a lot of industry here, but there really isn't anymore. A yeah, there's, 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 uh, there's. I not think the steel industry that was in Malone closed yep, down. There's a lot of steel. And, uh, I mean, nationwide, like, when I think about that, I, I still, I feel like this is, like, you know, leftovers from my youth, but the trade, the trade gap, like, trade deficit type stuff, when you're thinking about, like, production and consumption, because the way that our economy works is so much different than it was, um, even, like, a few decades ago, right? Oh, like, yeah, we're in this sure. big, like, service economy, gig economy type thing. Yeah. And we get all of our stuff, like everything we're using for this podcast was produced somewhere else and imported here because nobody here wants to actually do that, um, which I think is reasonable, but there's production consumption for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, an example okay. of it anyway. <laughs> okay. So just getting down to the main stuff that I actually wanted to talk about, mm -hmm. do you have any 
preferred economic model. Now, we know that there are so many different economic models. Uh, we Starting with like supply side versus <laughs> demand side? Yeah. That sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I probably used to be in the Austrian camp, um, but I, I've kind of, I don't know, I've kind of moved over to be like a, a pretty standard Keynesian liberal. It seems like the widest consensus is on that sort that sort of outlook but and obviously like there's big there's still like big debates about all those sorts of things today this is like speaking of macroeconomics right not yeah. microeconomics and for really. the uh, the less educated folks at home these uh terms you're using for your preferred economic uh theories here would you care to give a word or two explaining them or what the some well, of the big concepts are at least um, yeah, so when you think about your, like, generic, you know, like, I'll, uh, if I pull one up in front of me, you have your generic, if anyone's ever taken, like, your macro econ, right? You have your, your price output, uh, like, demand supply, aggregate demand, aggregate <coughs> supply curves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like two swords, and they yep. meet in the middle. Um, and the fiscal, into, like, supply side and demand side economics are going to be, like, fiscal policy, like, how we're implementing, um... So for, like, supply side, um, actually, no, I'll start with, so, like, demand side is, like, historically how people kind of approached things. And then with, like, Reaganomics and the Thatcher era stuff, you had a lot of supply side fiscal policy, which is cutting taxes, uh, lower, lowering borrowing rates, uh, deregulating industries, that sort of thing to spur mm-hmm. growth. Um, whether or not, you know, it kind of ties into some trickle-down stuff, but um, so, like, right now, demand side theory is, like, more supported, I believe, because mm-hmm. there's been like a lot of pushback from like the you know supply side stuff of the '80s, but it's oh, still yeah. very much like I don't think anybody views it as one thing or the other now. Like mm-hmm. most For sure. competent macroeconomic models, um, like want to spur economic growth from like multiple different ways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Keynesian is like demand side. Um, Keynes, very old economist, that was like the the big coming out of the. Uh, Coming out of World War II, mm-hmm. uh, that was like the big uh, economic policies that were kind of embraced by this country, and then that moved over into uh, supply side stuff in the '80s, and then that's kind of like like a lot of the Republican Party in America today still supports supply side stuff. A lot of the Democratic oh, yeah. Party still supports demand side yep. approaches to economics. Is that a good enough answer, Emmanuel? Yeah, I Did think so. I, I, I think that's <laughs> quite good enough. I was thinking more about well i probably didn't phrase it well i was like yeah when i talked about economic models i realized that yeah that wasn't exactly like what i meant fiscal policy yes, models yeah more that, of yeah mm-hmm. so you mean you mean you mean economic like do you mean like planned versus unplanned economy i was actually thinking more of an unplanned economy and what what governs supply and demand what governs production what governs consumption and the flow of resources in general. Okay. Yeah, so this was like, so what I kind of talked about are like with monetary policy is how people should yeah. politically interact with those sorts of Precisely. things in order to change them. It's not necessarily the same as a model of the mechanisms themselves. True, yeah. true. Do you have like examples you can, you can give us as mm. to what you'd be talking about there? So with that, I was thinking of um, not exactly by name, but I was looking at economic policies like 
employed by, say, the communists. If you look at the communist manifesto, what they were employing over there, you look at what the socialist was, uh, Marx, Marx economic models, I don't know if I should call them, I don't know if they were employed by the social. I don't know. Both sides would always try to detach from Marx. So, I don't know. Marx is the guy... By both? You mean like all seven sides? I was going to yeah. say everyone on the planet for the most part. <laughs> well, there are a few people who like to say they're Marxists, but most people like to well, even, detach even Marxists, themselves. Even if you push them on it, will be Maoists, or they'll be Marxist-Leninist Maoists, or there's like, there'll be Marxist-Reformationists. There's like very few really old-school Marxists who are like, yes, Marx had it right. Basically, everyone, even on the far left, is like, yeah, there's, we need to make updates to that yeah. system. Sorry, anyway. I, so, so I was just thinking about uh, which one would you, do you prefer more? Say, maybe the free market, uh, and are you looking at, so free market, like maybe a capitalist market, and are you looking at a laissez-faire capitalist market? Are you looking at, um, say, a... Oh... What are these other? Uh, I mean, every everything else is like variations on yeah. some every, sort everyone of else is it's yeah like a, a variation of, economy, of the two right? yeah. yeah or or I mean you have like I know you'll talk about it eventually here but like well I don't know if you talk about the modern but like the modern Japanese economy is probably like one of the better examples of like a pl a more planned liberal economy because there's a there's a council yeah. that kind of governs on a whole lot of stuff um, in terms of like how certain expenditures are done, how certain things are arranged within the economy, even though they're like very much capitalist, right? Yeah. So they, they kind of, yeah. uh, whereas we really only do that for, um, what are the three big things leftists complain about? It's like <laughs> agribusiness, uh, drugs, pharmaceuticals, pharmaceuticals, and then like military industrial stuff. Mm -hmm. So all the complexes. I do complain about it as well. <laughs> What? what pharmaceuticals? I also complain uh, well, about. Well, every yeah, I mean, I mean it's, well, populists on both sides complain about it, and I think reasonable people on both sides complain about it because, like, there are things to complain about with, with all of these yeah. Uh, systems. Yeah, I, it's, I, I love capitalism. I, capitalism. I, I think capitalism is great because you need that. I mean, I would like to think you need that incentive to work. I would also like to think in a perfect utopia that you, you, you don't need that and that people will end up doing stuff because there's nothing else. To, like if, if no one had to work for a living, yeah. that people would still try to make discoveries and do things because you, it gives you a purpose in life, it gives you something to do. Yeah. Um, we're not in that utopia. So I, I, I do think to some extent people need that drive pushing them. Yeah. Um, and like that, that's you get by working harder and working longer and trying to succeed and that that really comes from capitalism but you fucking bootlicker yeah that's me uh but uh i do think there needs to be more regulation at least than what we have here in the u.s i mean like you look at the giants of today that yeah. and i'm sure daniel has a take here in a second but like you look at like the giant companies of the world and it's yeah. like like apple and amazon and walmart and it's like the like realistically like amazon has no competition they they don't have competition yeah well i, I don't know man someone on this podcast keeps buying shit from ebay no matter how much yeah that's let's to, not talk about that stop. that's let's just not a joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
See, but, I'm trying to push back on your monopoly. There you go. There you go. Or like, uh, for example, like Google as a search engine, like you can say there's Bing and whatever else, but like realistically, <laughs> no. I mean, and the EU is cracking down on a lot of these companies. Like they, they are. They keep dealing out like billion dollar fine after billion dollar fine on these guys. And so. then here in the U.S.? Nothing. <laughs> Smooth sailing. Oh, in in uh, the UK, they're or in EU, in Europe, they're gonna need a USB-C on iPhone soon. In the US, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's different. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I I think that it's really important to. So so me like personally, I'm a big Alexander Hamilton fan. Hamilton liked the idea of a. Uh, he kind of actually like originated some of the economic ideas that we still use today in terms of like a having a central bank, having yeah. a a way in which the government um, or back then if you read like I forgot what it is is it essay like eighty six? I wish I could help you. I don't know much about Hamilton besides the musical. musical? Ah. <laughs> I've never. I will never. I will be the biggest Hamilton fan who will never watch that musical. I haven't uh, seen just it. because it's dude. I it was when, too overhyped. I don't so, even want to see it. <laughs> so. This was, like, one of the few times when, like, lefties were being pretty cool. But they were calling out. There was something. I forgot when it was. I think it was when there was one of the Trump investigation things or something. But Pelosi had uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Is that the guy's Mm -hmm. name? Yep. Call in with the cast members of Hamilton and sing a song from it in the middle of, like, one of our government things that they were doing. And she's (laughs) like, we got to celebrate love and gay guys and America all together and push back against the the Trumpists and stuff like that. And that was just absolutely the most cringe thing I've ever seen in my life. So I will never watch Hamilton. Um, and everybody <laughs> who criticized us waste. Yes, for, well, for, I mean, I've probably never watched it anyway. But mm-hmm. I, I guess I, I used to like, I, I like musicals. I've been in musicals. Musicals are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, theater kids, mixed, mixed opinions. Hey, hey, but, watch it, watch it. <laughs> mixed opinions. Watch it. <laughs> I will repeat. Mixed opinions. <laughs> um, okay, huge ta- huge tangent. Anyway, yeah, Hamilton, uh, coolest guy who's ever died in a duel. But um, <laughs> dude, I I can't. I read. It, I was reading about that last night. And I couldn't believe it. Like a former, like a vice president of the United States killed a man. Yeah. And continued to be vice president of the United States. Oh, that's I, pretty I badass. Heard you guys have this other president. Was it like John Adams who had like a bunch of duels? Like this guy was a legend. Yeah, had yeah, like yeah, yeah. several duels behind well, the every, White like House. A bunch of, it was it was illegal at that time, but oh, they really? still did it. Hamilton's son, yeah, three years before, died in a duel in the same spot he was killed in. Oh, don't you love it? It was a th- yeah. It was just like like. Uh, and Wait, he, did he know. also die in a duel? Yes. Yeah. They they, oh. died, they both both of them died in duels. The thing was Hamilton allegedly um, was going to spare the shots. He was just going to fire it away mm. because so that they could both keep their honor. Yeah. And then uh, the other guy just killed him. <laughs> <laughs> like it's Rip. it's kind of disputed in different uh, different like biographies and stuff of like who actually shot first or aimed first. Yeah. But it's pretty clear that uh, it seems to be the case that Hamilton wasted his shot up at a tree, as he said he would do in his journal. Yeah. And then uh, the other, Aaron Burr, uh, took aim and then killed him. So, uh, yeah, like, anyway, that, like, way <laughs> off topic. Anyway, so, so the guy, you know, had some questionable choices, but his economic models were pretty prescient. Um, 
He was also a member of the Federalist Party, which I think is pretty sick. I would revive the Federalist Party if I could. What was I mean, the Federalist the Party? Federalist Party just... So back then, sorry, we're a huge tangent right now, but it's cool stuff, uh, American <laughs> history. So yeah. the Federalist Party was, um, uh, back then, there were kind of two parties. Um, there was the Democratic, Re- I think this might have been before the Democratic Republicans, but it was basically the Democratic Republicans under um, Thomas Jefferson, the mm-hmm. Jeffersonian Democrats, and then the guy after it i forgot is it jackson anyway there's like two there's those two people and then there was um jefferson and i believe i think john adams was the only federalist president um and they were both there so they were both federalists and uh so they were big into more you know federal government they kind of consolidated the ideas of having central power things like what eventually became the central bank and a lot of it righted rode on interpretations of the constitution yeah. in terms of like um so for instance the democratic republicans were very hardline um textualists and the um federalists were very much like well it says that the federal government can execute its authority in order to do what it needs to to maintain the health of the economy. While this doesn't explicitly say we can create a central bank, I think this is probably the best way we can do that, Mm -hmm. so we're going to implement this. And that's kind of carried down in, uh, you know, political parties have gone back and forth in terms of which ones are for cities, which ones Mm -hmm. are country, which ones hold these sorts of views. But even today we have, you know, textualists versus federalists, essentially, and or sorry, textualist versus whatever it is, interpretations of the Constitution, uh, the, non, the non-textualist um, <laughs> in, like, the Supreme Court and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there's, oh, there's yeah, various ways sure. around that hold. But, yeah, George Washington was actually the only independent president of all time because he thought that political parties were, were like, really stupid. And they would destroy America. And they would America. destroy, yeah, a lot of, a lot of famous quotes about are. that. And here we are. Literally pew, everyone, pew. everyone on any political aisle loves to use George Washington quotes to say that, various systems that are they're fighting against suck so yeah um sorry anyway <coughs> central bank pretty ite uh i'm definitely not a laissez-faire definitely not a laissez-faire capitalist i think that like mm. one thing leftists don't talk much about is negative externalities of capitalism are something that is well recognized like the whole concept of negative externalities is something that is like an economics 101 thing yeah like, that's something yeah. that economists recognize and talk about and that's kind of the whole a lot of the systems of power that we have are meant to try and regulate or to fight those. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely not someone who thinks that capitalism is, uh, capitalism is broken. Yeah. I think that experimenting with other forms of other ways of running things is a really cool idea. Um, I think we should set up an island. Um, like maybe we take over Australia. We should annex Australia <laughs> and force them to be communists or something and just see how it goes. Interesting. Put a dome over it. Um, well, isn't it already so What communist? is this, the Truman no, that's North Show? North Korea. <laughs> I was going to show them? Yes. Did you see what happened over COVID? No. What happened? When, like, everyone was forced to stay indoors and you you had vans going around. And, like, when I saw the videos, I thought it was China, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, you could say that's communist. You could say that's that's fascist. They had they had so they had authoritarian policies towards covid that were that that were pretty extreme. And and Aussies being Aussies, a lot of the Bush Aussies were pretty pissed off. about it. So, man, there's so many Australian mad australians on 4chan that's all i'm gonna say i mean but. to be fair like i feel like it's it's 
it makes more sense for mm. island, like, or at least small. I mean, I know it's a whole country, but like, it's still like <laughs> it's not it's a small. Continent. It's a yeah, giant. Yeah, yeah. It's also a country, but like, well, no, yeah, but nobody lives in most of it, so it's yeah, actually kind yeah. of a small country. Well, people enough, only fair. live like on a tiny part along the coast. Yep. That's it. Yep. Every most other thing in Australia is is just it's trying to kill, kill you. you. Yeah, 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 exactly. But like it, I, like, because once it gets there. Then it's a pro- but if they could stop it from getting there and stop it from sp- like I don't know it makes more sense to me for them to be stricter with those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I there's there's a thing to for strict regulations. I don't know. I don't live there. I didn't follow a lot of news there. I know a lot of people were angry over there about some COVID regulation oh, yeah. stuff. I also know a lot of people were really angry here, and a lot of the times it was over really small things. So people like, were angry I, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna state an opinion publicly on any of that because I don't know about it. Economics, guys. Economics. Yes, we're, we're doing were we? great. Okay. Where speaking of that. Okay. So when I said economic models, I actually yes. meant to say economic systems. Okay. So I was thinking of like more of like the traditional economic systems where we are like, okay, let's just follow demand and supply, like the uh, our supply chain, yep. the flow of wealth, flow of uh, goods and services, just by what they've historically been. Like you were talking about later. And uh, I was thinking about the socialist system uh-huh. as well, thinking about the free market as a capitalist system. And uh, the mixed economy, which is the last one that you guys were talking about, me <laughs> making jokes about where he kept saying the don't. Uh, so yeah, th- that's just what I was thinking about. And so you said you prefer a capitalist system, but you said you believe that there should be some regulations, Paul. There definitely should be okay. some. So how much regulation should there be? Um, more than we have in the U.S., in my opinion, at least um, in terms of... Uh, God, I sound like such a lefty. Oh, at least in Wait. terms of large corporations. Wait, like, okay. <laughs> Let me just be clear here. You don't. You sound like a liberal. A lefty would be saying we can't reform capitalism. We need to. We need the revolution, or we need to burn it to the ground. Like, there's very few actual leftists who are like, think like, okay, harm. Re- a lot of leftists who engage in harm reduction, which is probably the dominant positive ideology on the left, would probably say that we need more regulation. So yes, you might sound like a harm reductionist. Anyway. Continue, (laughs) (laughs) Daniel. Here with the technicalities, but yeah, uh, I think at least uh, in terms of large, like large corporations, um, I don't know. I think it was how large is large, large, um, (laughs) like bigger than big, like Um, grande, like muy grande. (laughs) Uh, No, I, I don't know. I think. I don't know. I want to say I think it was hard for people to envision how large, like, corporations could become. But I think it, yes and no. Because, like, I feel like back in the day it was just countries that did that. Like, they just took over the world. Whereas now it's corporations that, like, have control over the entire world. Whether it's through the internet or they have offices in various, or uh, factories in various plants or whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, And I I don't know. I don't think the, the... the laws that we have set up really are, are best optimized for how large corporations have gotten and how much power they have, especially over the government, at least in the U.S. Like, yeah. it's disgusting. Well, yeah, so I, one way, one point that pushes back on that is the fact that, like, corporations and corporations that spend a lot of money lobbying tend to also be corporations that represent... Um, a huge amount of people in terms of those who are stakeholders of the corporation. Mm-hmm. So 
there's kind of the there's kind of like the really like straightforward way of like hey corporations are these big amorphous masses that are just taking our shit um yeah and i I think that viewing them as at least like components of like all the people who make Mm -hmm. them up and understanding that benefits to the corporation do in some way engender benefits towards uh, people who are working yes, towards those corporations. Absolutely, I agree. Um, in 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 the in the fact that they are continue to continue. Like, what is it? There's like, how many how many people how many employees does Amazon have? A lot in the United States. At least three. Let's look it up. Look it up. Someone look it up. Uh, <laughs> Samra has two hands. Uh, uh, can, can look <laughs> Why are you picking on me? Because <laughs> I can. Uh, <laughs> Emmanuel didn't uh, didn't realize his mic did not come with a mic stand, so he's been holding his mic up this entire time. And he will be. <laughs> uh, he, Stop selling you, me out. As of 2020. Well, everyone okay. else is going to think you're missing a hand. <laughs> as of 2020. You think this is better? Yes. As of 2020. Okay. Uh, 1.3 million employees. Whoa. That's a lot of people. And uh, wait, direct employees or. 2021, 1.6 million. Employees, not. Uh, like, these are people they're actually employing mm-hmm. um not, so yeah contract, independent contractors yeah. not included not, not yeah. contractors yeah. Okay. and i don't know how many they do that i i think because i'm sure like a lot of truckers are independent yeah. but yeah. i don't yeah, know how many are. that amazon employees are mm-hmm. um so anyway so you know we have something like two million people a large like a, a reasonably large mm-hmm. portion of the yeah. adults adult <laughs> workers of so-and-so age in america mm-hmm. um work for Amazon. So certainly like Amazon exploding would be bad for people who are employed by Amazon. Now we could talk about, you know, bottles of urine bottles in the the back of of driver trucks or deplorable warehouse conditions. But um, there's still something to be said for like, if an organization represents the livelihoods of 2 million people, should that organization have an outsized voice, right? So, yeah. so but, but should they ever get to the point where they represent that many people? Like, yeah, so well, then, so if, so because of the way that, that, like, our laws work, it's not that, should they ever get to the point that we need to make a good case for why they shouldn't be able to get to that point? Like, we need to say, we need to, we need to be able to say that, like, ethically, there, there is a reason why this shouldn't happen. And well, I, I don't know if we can make that case clearly enough. I just think... Cause, like you look at like I I want to say it was the I want to say it was the pharmaceutical industry like at one point it was I don't know if it was a particular drug gosh I'm glad I did my research is it the um, opioids the, well, the Sackler no, family I, no, and um, opioids there was something where it was okay. like a single company basically had control over like the whole industry and claimed that if laws were introduced to uh, basically limit their monopoly yeah. on the world that everything would fall apart and it would become horrible and but then things got significantly better after these laws were introduced because competition encourages yeah. absolutely uh, innovation and <laughs> yeah. lowering prices and trying to and once you get a company that's big enough that no one can even think about competing yeah that disappears well, and so that incentive is gone and there's constantly lawsuits right the federal prosecutors are constantly making anti uh like anti or pro-competitiveness lawsuits like those are things that still happen um and with a a fresh round of eu uh penalties a lot of the big companies there's another wave going through although i haven't checked the status on them lately i think the supreme court saw something about them um a month or two ago but anyway that there's certainly like 
companies should not be big enough that they, they don't have competition and they don't have these sorts of things. And I think that's something can agree on. Um, I meta meta sir <laughs> facebook has facebook has competition like that's like the way that like like Who's what netflix talks about right like yeah. netflix now so now they've actually now that they've lost market share they have actual oh, yeah. competition right they used now. to talk about that like their biggest competition wasn't some other streaming service it was fortnite right because you're competing with people for their time and that yeah. sort of thing so um i think looking at people like like internet companies like youtube are competing with Facebook, are competing with Twitch, they're competing with, um, you know, sports companies. They're they're competing for people's time, and so I think that's like, that's something to consider when we consider laws of like, well, these internet, these media companies, these internet companies, like, how should we be addressing, making sure they don't have monopolies and things? I think the pharmaceutical industry is probably more straightforward of like, you shouldn't have that much of a conglomerate. But I mean, you want to hear some interesting stuff about economics and that. Just listen to uh, read some of Chomsky's takes on the entire pharma- pharmaceutical industry. It's like a the basically the way he goes with it is that the um, the industry has been essentially supported a ridiculous amount over from research in America, which the majority of which is publicly funded. Um, at least the research that would be going towards pharmaceuticals. So um, then one would consider, well, is it ethical and reasonable for taxpayers to allow pharmaceutical companies to make massive profits off of things, which to a great degree, to a large degree, have been born out of public, public research. Um, and that's, so that, that was an interesting take that I, I hadn't heard <laughs> until I kind of you know engaged with leftist mm. spaces more. Um, and that's certainly like interesting things to think about, but I... I I have yet to see a reasonable case made that, like, well, then we should just not allow people to make private, yeah. like, we shouldn't have private drug companies, right? Like, yeah. I think without, like, without the the possibility for private benefit, I think COVID kind of demonstrated, like, yeah. how good a job we can do when the when, oh, when public and, and we've all already seen that whenever you have the government managing everything, they do a, a terrible job. Oh, like, there's yeah, some things governments do a good job at, like handling the military. <laughs> But well, even let's, with let's that, not okay. that, one uh, private military. <laughs> uh, I mean, looking at Russia, whose best part of their military is the the Wagner Corps, not their actual military, as we've seen proven. Um, and then two, uh, I think public administration. There's nothing inherently wrong with public administration. Yeah. Um, I think bloated bureaucracies do tend to do a terrible. I mean, everyone knows that the the yeah. thing that like. Yeah, governments do shit job at managing things, yeah. right? Like, and there's remember case the rise of Blackwater. Do you remember that? Blackwater? What's that? Oh, this Water private military group. No, this oh. private military group that was received government several government contracts to supply water during the Iraqi war. Oh, I thought that was yeah. a, I thought that and was from also, a Tom Clancy. I was going to say it sounds like something <laughs> from a movie. And they were often contracted to protect like government officials when they were going there. They were really efficient. These guys were like ex Navy SEALs, like ex Marines, highly trained with high, with better resources yeah, like paramilitary groups. Yeah. 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 Never. Yeah, I didn't so, know about so, that. so please continue. Oh, so well, so you're saying something about private militaries also being efficient. Well, yeah, so I mean, you said public military does a really good job. Yeah. The, the public does a really good job at getting people to join the military for, yeah. for, for bad benefits because they can release <laughs> top good movies and get a lot of recruits and things yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think that, and I'm not saying they do a bad job inherently, I'm just saying that there's no reason why government being government makes it bad at running things 
but private company being a private company makes it bad at being in the military. It's just that they probably shouldn't be able to engage in the things mm -hmm. that that like countries do, right? Yeah. Like you probably like you probably shouldn't have companies that are like like it, I don't know. It kind of takes the whole military industrial complex thing that people complain about to like the next level. Yeah. Because like, hey, <laughs> yeah. then you're gonna get your conspiracies of like, hey, let's start wars to make profits. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. You when you have groups companies that are that incentivized yeah. to do that. Imagine right? if oh, yeah. Amazon. Like own stop, a military. Stop, 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 stop. No, 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 no. Facebook. I don't want to live in this dystopia. Let's let's pass on that one. Uh, so but, yeah, I, I, as as incompetent as the government might be with their bureaucracies, I would rather have the government be in charge of the military. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, we, I'd rather have. We need a publicly yeah. accountable military, yeah. right? Yeah. If there's going to be a military, it needs to be publicly accountable. It needs to be publicly everything. So yeah, I agree with that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Bring us back, Emmanuel. Okay. Where are we going with okay. this conversation? Before we, before we go back, uh -oh. quick side point. The uh, example I was thinking of before, yeah. it wasn't the pharmaceutical industry. Mm. It was phones. It was AT&T. Yes. Mm. They oh, had yeah. a huge monopoly they and did. claimed that if their monopoly was, like, if the, they were broken up or new laws were put in place, that, like, the phone quality would just drop to yeah, yeah. and be worthless. But it's and one of those things where they're going to claim that. They're, they're incentivized to claim that either way. Of course. And that doesn't mean that it's wrong, but... It seems like the government had a pretty good case of like, no, we think you're wrong. We're going to yeah. push. This well, but that, but that's what I'm saying with like large companies. It's like the, if they get too big, they don't have that incentive. Like if there were competition, there could be things we don't have that yeah. we might have otherwise. Yeah. yeah, and I and I agree. Um, and I think yeah, I mean, the, even the most of free market people will agree. Yeah, <laughs> competition yeah. is good. Yes, competition is good, uh, and probably necessary mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. Um, yeah, I, I agree completely, and that, I mean that's kind of like the point is that I think I don't, I don't think any people except like Ancons who hate roads yeah. would be like, hey, <laughs> you should just let them have a monopoly. You should just let them do that. Okay, so I want to come back on something you said, Paul. Yeah. You said something about regulating them. I'm like, don't you think some level of regulation might actually hurt maybe small businesses that would want to come in because I feel like. S some amount of regulation might actually help take out the competition for the bigger companies. Because for sure. The is this the barrier to entry argument? But but this is... No, I'm just talking about like the regulations that are made yeah. for well, maybe... Th that's the way that regulations that. hurt small businesses, right? Is Precisely. Is create a higher barrier to yeah. entry. Yeah, yeah. That's but that's, creating that's why barriers. I said there should yeah. be more regulations yeah. for the big boys. For the big boys. Okay. If we can make regulations specifically for these larger companies as opposed <laughs> to the smaller ones... I mean, but but it's a fair. I mean, it's, so there there is some cost function here, right? Oh because, yeah, yeah. Because like with a lot of the things. So for instance, like oil companies. If you're like, we should, we should, and now they're a lot hot topic. A lot of people think they're way too regulated. A lot of people think they aren't regulated enough. There's like areas in which they should be and shouldn't be more and less regulated. Um, they are a great a great drivers of economic prosperity and growth. They kind of suck in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> So, you know, it's very contentious, and that's one of the places where it's like, well, you regulating the big boys, there's no way to regulate them but not regulate newcomers, right? Like, if I exactly. want to make a company, yeah. and I want to go out there, and I want to buy an oil rig and start running this baby, it's not like I can just ignore all the environmental regulations, yeah. right? Like, it absolutely yeah. creates a barrier to entry where I need to have permits, I need to have yeah. inspections, I need yeah. to have all this new tech and stuff. And, that's and sometimes good because, because of all I don't the want... mess that BP has created, you yeah. won't be able to survive. Yeah, and and so I, and I'm not saying this is yeah. bad. Like I'm not. There's no. There's no inherent moral wrongness with yeah. with with the barrier to entry being created. But it's absolutely mm. a thing that's like if we start regulating 
bread industries that they have to make bread in certain shapes. Well, then, yeah, you've kind of screwed over the, the new bread businesses yeah. that want to make gingerbread cookies. I don't know. I just think companies should be discouraged from becoming obnoxiously large. And so whether that's through regulation or yeah. whether that's through, you know, additional taxes as they mm -hmm. get larger or whatever the case is, like there should be increasingly diminishing returns yeah. as they get larger and Interesting. larger. Interesting. So I'm glad you mentioned that because oh. I think that leads us perfectly to the very next thing that I wanted us to talk about, which I'm was excited. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> about I'm Japan excited. in the mid-1800s. Okay. So from the mid-1800s, that's from about 1850 through to the end of the Second World War, Japan went through a phase of modernization and should I say eating up the rich? And somehow it was beneficial for their country. So what do you, what take do you guys have about that? Because we've talked, we talked about at the beginning of the show, we talked about the whole thing about the wealth gap and about economic systems and how uh, we said no e one economic system is perfect and that regulating them, like you guys have rightfully said. So what's your take on that? And is this something that we can, glean from what they did that we think can be beneficial in our systems with these big giants. Are, are you saying that, like, what should we take from this system and, like, how should we apply it? So, no. I mean... Yeah. I'm not saying that we should take something exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying that did they do something good in there? We saw that they did cut down, like, regulate their really... their big industries, like the giants in the country they modernize somewhat. The big industries help them modernize completely because, and at the same time, they realized that no, they were getting too big, that it wasn't good for the country. And so they completely regulated them. They raised taxes, raised their taxes to 85%. Just like you were saying, maybe they should raise their taxes, limited how much stock they could buy because they still had more money. They were like, you can't buy more than 12%. So we we're like, okay, was that good in some sense for their countries? Is that something that we can employ so, here? Like, so right, like what is good and what is bad? Because so you, we sure. could say that that violates free market. If I have the money, I should be free to buy whatever I, I want to buy with it. I don't. So I'm That's not a horseshit. I'm not a free market idealist. Okay. So yeah. I don't care. What I do care is that that violates personal autonomy. Okay. Right. So 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 as a as a liberal, that would be like like there are so many things we could do that are good. That like if you do a short-term cost function of this thing, like a utilitarian analysis, and you say, like, hey, um, I'm going to take all the people that are of so-and-so uh, temperament, say. Like, maybe all the people in town with the giant trucks who blow exhaust in my window every time <laughs> I roll them down, I'm just going to take them out behind the shed, and they're going to be gone. Wow. Gonna, no, listen, just, just bear with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to appropriate... It's completely hypothetical. I'm going to appropriate Minecraft, their Minecraft. businesses... Yeah. I'm going to take all their, uh, you know, uh, what little positive bank account balance they might have, and I'm going to redistribute <laughs> that to those in need. And guess what? I've done, I've, I've done, it's been a net positive for everybody in society. Mm -hmm. Literally everybody. Except Nobody that. misses them. Yeah. But I, if we extend our utilitarian analysis to consider the effects that allowing this has on society, yeah. all of a sudden... We're in some really shaky ground. Yeah, and the, there's a lot <laughs> of morality going. Bye bye. If I justify this, if this is somehow legal, then all of a sudden 
the next time that I People do something to somebody, some really I have been, I get things. killed, yeah. and my stuff gets expropriated. So, yeah. like, I, I think that it's really important to, like, have these set-in-stone rules that's like, okay, we're not going to violate these things, because violating these things means that we are, right, slippery soap is only a fallacy if it's wrong. <laughs> you are literally <laughs> opening the gates to, yeah. um, to, like, bad things happening, like, really bad things happening. So, so I would argue that uh, no, we shouldn't do things like that, and that's because, okay. like, I think that we would be violating, like, important tenets of personal autonomy by, like, forcibly taking these people's stuff and redistributing them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's I, yeah, take. I, what do you think? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it... Because, like you're said, like, forcibly redistribute... So, like, it's one thing if, like, we implement these things... Like today, and we're like Amazon. Like you, 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 you can't own half of everything you the government own. Government just Give takes us, it. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. that's yeah, no way. Um, but I do think like if we if we say if you end up making, and I mean people will always game any system you make, whatever. But like <laughs> yeah. if you say if you make a gajillion dollars versus a billion dollars, then we're gonna take more of it because then like you're not going to be encouraged to grow that big because you know you're going to lose a bunch of money. And it's, it's like what some people do with like their, you know, their tax forms or whatever, where like they, they manipulate the numbers and buy stocks in certain year as opposed to another so they fit in a different tax bracket or whatever the case yeah. is. Um, like people will still manipulate things and play games, but I think it will discourage that extreme growth. Yeah, I, I got to say something here that when we're talking about these things these theoretically like how should we do something i think that um because like a lot of the a lot of common arguments people will throw is like well this thing is bad because people misuse it mm -hmm. um and people I think will that, misuse everything yeah people yeah so i think that like we need so right corruption and misinformation are like the number one problems because if you want to make a model on how you should do something correctly and you're getting bad data you can't make a yeah, good model. Your, your model's going to be biased or your model's just going to not reflect reality. There's going to be all sorts of problems. So when we're talking about how things should be done idealistically or is this thing good or is this thing bad, um, I think it's that we should talk about it where we're assuming that... a perfect that scenario. A perfect, well, a perfect scenario or if we want to be realistic about it, we're assuming that, some pe that there's going to be implementations of making these things not be corrupt, right? Like sufficient, yeah, yeah, yeah. sufficient watchdog organizations, sufficient... Mm -hmm. Uh, like ideally sufficient op openness to the public, yeah, right? Like, yeah. like you can't you can't get away with this stuff. Um, and and I and like if we want to have a practical, a practical day where we go through all the things we talked about and say, okay, how do we actually implement this? But that is for the politicians to decide. Yeah, I was gonna right? say, that's, that's, that's definitely yeah, that's not why part I'm of the democratic right process to like to figure that out that stuff out. So like mm -hmm. when we talk about these things, like. Are people going to try and misuse it? Yes, as you Absolutely. said, people will try, and, and and it's important to get rid of that stuff. But we shouldn't be making models like assuming that, uh, you know, somebody's that, going to be so, doing something yeah. evil with and it so when there are ways it, yeah. to keep them from yeah, doing yeah. that. Like, what are the pros and the cons of the system itself? So then, I think in that sense, it's, I don't know. I, I think a system like that could, I don't know. I'm very naive, um, and uh, I clearly don't read and study as much as the politicians or as I, I would like to think. Um, <laughs> a lot of politicians you haven't read. I know what I said. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to take it back? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I would like to believe they read. Um, but like, 
I mean, there are people who spend a lot of time studying this stuff and don't have an answer. And yeah. so, like, who, who the fuck am I to say that I have the answer here? Yeah, sure. But what is your opinion? So what is your opinion on forced redistribution of wealth? Of wealth. Because whenever we talk about the wealth gap, we've been hearing that a lot, the wealth gap, and people are mad, we, people are angry. Wait, okay, sometimes I, so this is like the fourth time. Which wealth gap? There's a lot of wealth gaps. Okay, maybe like we really about. should define How the wealth gap. How intersectional are we getting to. here? I mean, are we talking about the one percent versus everyone else? Are we? Yeah, yeah. Are we talking about we talking about the populist one? Are we talking about the women's wealth gap? Are we talking no, about the? Let's talk about just the the one percent. Okay. God. The Bezos. The fuck the one percent. The, the whatever the whatever <laughs> increase in the disparity of wealth between the one yes. percent and the ninety nine percent in the last Where twenty years. Where their wealth is increasing uh, at a at a rate of is it about four times it's, the average? It's disgusting if you watch like. You t- you can like find YouTube videos or diagrams like displaying like the difference in wealth, and it's just well, it's only disgusting if that's a if that means that the people who don't have that it's have, have a significant decrease <laughs> in their their power or leverage and quality of life, and those people have an insufficient increase. Right? Yeah. If wealth is not correlated with those things, we mm-hmm. know it is. Yeah. yeah. To uh, there's at least some. Everyone has to admit there's at least some correlation. Oh, there, right? for sure, like, obviously. Yeah. But if no one is go below a line where they suffer a large quality of life or a voicelessness in society, then yeah. that's not necessarily that is fair. a bad. Okay. That is fair. But I whether will you say, find it disgusting. I think there are a lot of people <laughs> who are below that line, yeah. um, and I think the vast majority of people in America don't have a say in most political issues. Um, I want to, Paul. Are you are you guys so are you guys going to vote? I'm curious yes. on this. Well, well, I'm not an American. I don't get to vote. But for the record, loser. I never even voted in my own country. So, yes. <laughs> double loser. <laughs> Wrecked. I just we need an air horn. So we need a soundboard. I hate soundboards. <laughs> soundboards are so cringe. I, I just <laughs> never. Funny. It, it was like I felt the same thing that you did. I yeah. felt like I really didn't have a choice. There I were felt, two people running, yeah. and it's just a two horse race, like it is in the U.S. I don't think either of them is competent enough, but those are the only options that I have. Yeah. Am I? Re- do I really have a choice in this? Well, that's well, why you vote in smaller, like local elections and things yeah. like that to try like, to like what's coming up. Everybody vote in the yeah. local election. Yes, I want because yes. yeah. uh, there's so many disaffected people on both sides, like on on either populist wing of like, my vote doesn't matter, mm-hmm. um, and I think that there's I don't think that there's any good argument. Even, like, no matter how emotionally disaffected you are, I don't think there's any good logical argument for not voting, um, especially in the midterms, in local elections. True. I, I agree. Like I agree. For local um, elections, yeah. Well, even even in national ones, even even if the most base argument would be get data, yeah, would be exercise your constitutional right to vote or... I don't know if your country has a constitution. We whatever. do. I mean, I'm sure there's a constitution. Whatever your document is called. Yeah. Um, your document. Your document given. Our laws right are written on rocks. <laughs> <laughs> on the stone tablets. Stones. <laughs> the, um, and scrolls. Oh, sc- scrolls are sick. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, no. Wait. So. Okay. So the I, wealth gap we're talking about. Well, was just no. That, he asked us about voting vote. first, and then we'll get. Yeah. It's. Yeah. We got We got. That's a tangent. We got to dial well, back. Yes, the but we have to finish. Okay, the, yeah. We got to peel them back. Let's dial it back. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. It's fine. I, I think. That, okay. Because because when you're talking about like because we got into the conversation about like do people have a voice and it's actually kind of important to talk about. Um. So we can we can have it. I would love to do an episode. Maybe next one or the one after yeah, that, sure. depending on how you're feeling. Uh, you guys are feeling. It would be like, good to have it right before the midterms. 
That's true. Well, they're coming up, so any of these things yeah, would happen before the midterms. Yeah. But yeah, I want to do like an election one, like why we should vote, like yeah. do people have a voice, the outsized influence of people, like should we still have the Senate, should we ha still have, or should we, yes, yeah, should we still have the Senate, should we have redistribution of voting blocks, all these sorts of things that are like hot topic political issues, I think would be great to go over and we can kind of get an answer to the, you know, outsized voice of wealthy people and that sort of thing in, in politics. So mm -hmm. anyway, um, I think that with that, we, let's go back off that tangent, go back yeah, okay. into economics. So back, we said the wealth gap we we're talking about was the 1%. 1%. Yes. So let's just stick to the 1%. Say just within America right sure. now and say that, okay, what measures can be put in place? And so before that, I would uh, describe two scenarios, two things that two different countries implemented mm -hmm. and the effects that one had as opposed to what the other one had. Now, Paul, you mentioned something about it not being fair for these some of these uh, corporations to like get as big as sometimes they do. Yep. But the question is, is it really bad? Is it always bad? Because sometimes it's actually good for the country. It might be good for the country, but I think like, but that's because we can't see the other option. It's like, yes, this didn't True. cause negative effects, but that doesn't mean that Mm. It wouldn't have been a bigger positive otherwise. Mm. Um, yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. Annex Australia. Test it out. All right. All right. <laughs> you need to chill. <laughs> I'm going to annex you. <laughs> okay. So the two countries that we are looking at here are Japan and Zimbabwe. Okay. Now, Japan in the 19, like mid-1800s, uh, mid so about 1850s, uh, when the West made contact with Japan and they realized how much the West was ahead of them, they decided to modernize uh, their military. And in doing that, it brought about huge debt. So they decided to start, so in modernizing, they started state-owned enter enterprises for mining, uh, factories for, to build materials, build goods, build weapons, modernize their military and every other aspect of their society in general. Now, because it's sort that whenever the state owns anything and manages it, there's just huge bureaucracies, and often they are not very profitable. So when they realized that, they decided to uh, sell some of these businesses to uh, private hands. And once private people took ownership of them, they started actually making profits. They did really well, and which gave rise to uh, this term known as the Zaibatu, which is uh, their financial clans. So once they got wealthy, of course, like wealth begets wealth. Mm -hmm. Since they're wealthy, they're able to actually make more money. They're able to produce more, mm -hmm. which they really did. They expanded, became very powerful so that the average person didn't really have a say. If they're the ones funding the state in most of the things that they do, then the government is almost beholden to them. And that was what happened. Then the war comes in uh, after First World War, I think somewhere in the 1930s, military government takes over and it's not very much in favor of uh, the 1%. So start seizing the assets like you'd boil a frog. I'm not suggesting that any of our listeners boil a frog, but okay. if you wanted to boil a frog, you need, it to, you need to boil it gradually. You up the temperature a bit, turn it down, up it a bit more, turn it down again. And that was what they did to them. Gradually, so they were just taking everything back one inch at a time. They started with the agricultural lands where, and that they actually took it in a very clever way. 
so most of these people who owned the lands were not farming on the lands. They had tenants who were producing on the lands. So the government took it from the owners and gave it to the tenants who were actually who were already managing the lands, which means the production wasn't cut off. It just stayed the same, except now the people who owned them and were producing had more motivation to keep producing mm -hmm. because now they owned it. Mm -hmm. Went on, started taking some of the assets of these um, people, and after World War II, Japan was really burned in the process. So they needed more taxation, uh, like more money, more taxes. They took about 80, they taxed them at about a rate of 85%, seized a lot of their uh, shares of their companies, but they didn't just take it all. They, they compensated them somewhat. And they put in laws saying that you couldn't buy back more than 12% of your shares, of shares of any company. And that was these families. So they regulated them completely, made a lot of things public, opened them up to the public that this thing was available for sale but you are not allowed to buy it. So to give other people the chance to buy it. Mm -hmm. So one, these companies were allowed to grow and make the country profitable, produce things that were beneficial to the society at large. And then it was taken away from them. The government didn't seize it and take control of it. It made it public to the general public. Yeah. So that people were actually able to buy some stake in it. These companies didn't have full control over everything anymore. And so that was what happened. Now, what we see Japan today, uh, I drive a Japanese car, you drive a Japanese car. What, what? I drive a you, Japanese car. You, you drive a Japanese car. They produce really good things. So we're like, okay, some of these things that the government did, the military government did, maybe were not very bad. Probably it had, they committed other atrocities. We don't know. We're not saying they were good, but we're just saying that the policies that they put in place yielded good fruit that we can see up to today. On the other hand, we have Zimbabwe. Where I don't drive a Zimbabwe car. <laughs> and that is the moral of the story. <laughs> and that is the moral of the story. So, so Zimbabwe, right after colonization, decided to, uh, white farmers uh, had, like, own land. They decided that, okay, we, we were going to have an act, a policy that would return, say, white land on, uh, the lands owned by white farmers to black landowners mm -hmm. and but it wasn't mandatory it was a willing buyer willing seller as to how it was how the sale was happening i don't know but it was a policy put in place to help return it back to the original owners then in 2000 uh the president at the time decided to make it forceful to take it away from them confiscate it and hand it to people who may or may not have been skilled enough to handle it and you'd see it from their inflation data. Production fell completely. Yeah. Inflation rose. They couldn't meet this, the production levels that the farms were initially producing. And everyone knows that Zimbabwe is in the news a lot. They have trillionaires all over. Yep. Because, not, because the country, not because the country is rich, just because of inflation. And, so, and now, I think since, was it 2019 or 2020, they are putting measures in place. To, that's because the former president who was a dictator was ousted yep. and they're trying they're returning lands i don't know the full like the, the the full details but they're saying please work on our land yeah but, but they, they are returning <laughs> them back, back to the white farm and saying that please come back and work on your lands because yeah. yeah we need the money like we need the production like what you did actually benefited the country yep. and so we see these two countries they took stuff from the rich and but gave it to the people that they would deem to be the poor. Mm -hmm. But we saw that they had two completely different outcomes. So, so I will say that I'm just going to caveat this, that before anyone sends 
us angry messages online or whatever. Like, yes, there's a difference between the imperial Asian power of the last 200 years and uh, a country that was itself a victim of imperial powers during its time period. Like, there's a whole lot of, yeah, like, complex, yeah. like, socioeconomic and military and whatever the buzzwords people are used for these these days. The stuff that happened that makes these not one-to-one comparisons. Precisely. We're not making a one-to-one comparison. Yeah. It's a comparison. You can compare apples to oranges. It's okay. Okay, sorry, continue. I just... Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, what we, are not, what we are saying is not that these people whose lands may be black farmers, whose lands may have been taken away from them unfairly, should not have gotten their lands back. We're just saying that how should it have been done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. what we saw, what was implemented, destroyed the country's economy. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it should have been done. Maybe yeah, some and, other way. The government clearly, should have. Clearly, yeah, a lot of the people there agree with you because they're, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, the yeah. measures they're taking now, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I think as far as like yeah, if it, yeah, I just want to be careful because yeah, people absolutely. morally load everything. So yeah. like right now, you're saying that slavery is good. Somehow, no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, someone will accuse you. Someone will make some weird logical chain. Yeah, but I'm. But that's why. That's why I'm saying that we couch the language like very carefully. But Make it no, very I think clear. what you're saying is, yeah, I think I think that is reasonable. Like, given that we try wealth distribution, yeah. what kind of methodology would be effective? Yeah. And uh, Japan's fascist wealth redistribution, pretty sick. A lot of the third, uh, sorry, pretty sick, pretty effective. <laughs> um, a lot of like third positionists advocate that sort of thing. So, third positionists are like uh, essentially fascist economics. Econo- economists like to call themselves third positionists between like capitalism and socialism. Um, yeah. That's like, and and a lot of that ends up just being like very similar to Chinese. And so it kind of horseshoe theories just back into communism. Um, although I'd say that you know Chinese economic model right now is basically like authoritarian middle of yeah. the road. Like they're they're pretty much just fascist. Like it's state business and state banking and that sort of thing. But um, anyway, I think that like we can com- and we can compare. And there's actually a good case you could make. You can compare this to places where they didn't do any redistribution okay. or major okay. ones. We yeah. can compare it Fair to enough. Russia with the Russian oligarchs, <clears throat> and yeah. you can compare it to South Korea with the Kaibals. The Kaibals are uh, just the same as the Zaibats. Yeah, they also um, have Except more similar. recently developed, obviously, mm-hmm. 100 years later or whatever. But um, in both of those cases, it was people, you know, the dissolution of the USSR and then and then the, the explosion of the Korean War. Yeah. And out of those places, there were people in positions to profit very handsomely who kind of, you know, took a, a, took a huge of amount of the wealth of the nation, basically. <laughs> and they wield lots of political power they do all sorts of things and the reason they're called uh you know oligarchs in russia is because they wield they have wielded extremely power. outsized political yeah. power at least until putin's been like stomping down on them <laughs> um and it's same to some degree in china although once again she has been recently stomping down on them as well yeah rip jack ma so uh, has jack the, ma returned uh he's returned but okay. i don't i he's returned kind of he's at least people know where he is now for a okay. while there he was like okay. disappeared but yeah um but yeah it's been like company after company has been kind of any, anyway i think that like and once again those aren't like direct comparisons but you can yeah. see that places where they've just let these people live and have all this wealth that may have been unfairly gained is definitely like not a good thing because when i when i say that like you know, it's against my liberal values if you were to redistribute <laughs> wealth in my country. Like, obviously, there are cases where, if, like, a large portion, you know, you could say, what is your number? What is the number of people you'd be willing to let starve to death? 
yeah. like next to you and the room next to you before you would be like, okay, we need to redistribute some wealth. Like obviously mm -hmm. there are cases where wealth is ill-gotten or is not being properly shared and there's not proper opportunity, right? There's no equality of opportunity or there's no in some way equity of opportunity. And then obviously there is some sort of moral imperative to redistribute or there is some moral imperative to break down Kaibals or Zaibatsu yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's completely reasonable. And then one, you know, historical analysis would have to be like, was it reasonable? Like, did it do enough to help? Was there no other way? And was that wealth ill-gotten to begin with, right? If you're just stealing back from someone who's stolen, and a lot of leftist, quote-unquote, economic models would claim <laughs> that since all profit is theft, yeah. <clears throat> or from crazy libertarians to say all taxation is theft, therefore nuking the government to get your taxes back <laughs> or nuking Jeff Bezos to get your uh, Bezos bucks back are like, uh, you know, moral okays. So I don't know. I think that's, that's kind of like the conversation that needs to be had. Cause I, I think that, yeah. I think this is a really good, really cool like thing you took a look at uh, Emmanuel in terms of like, cause I didn't know, yeah. I didn't know, I knew that these things had happened, yeah. but I didn't know that they were uh, like, I will say that, like, if you're going to redistribute wealth, the, the fascist method seems to work pretty well, given, like, okay, well, if you look at Peron, I forgot which, Argentina, I don't remember, uh, I'm not going to say. Peru? Uh, he, Peron? Oh, okay, no. Peronism, uh, it's oh, like Peron. the South American fascism. Okay. He had some pretty, if you, like, read, like, the things that he said his government stood for, pretty based yeah. populist fascist Argentina. stuff. Argentina. I thought, oh, I was right. I should have said it louder. Loud and proud. Um, <laughs> but then when you look at the things that actually happened, like leftists hate Perón and they hate that like phase of Argentina because of all he kind of opened. He, he, he took a lot of like state control of businesses, but he also opened up a lot of things to, um, I don't know, people like, like, what did they say? Like capitalists taking advantage of people and taking advantage of businesses mm -hmm. and making all these things. So there, I, I think that like, there are definitely cases where obviously that sort of economic model doesn't work, but I think like Japan and Germany both did very powerful things with fascist movements in terms of like taking control, state control of capitalist businesses and using them to serve the aims of the people. Mm -hmm. um, another caveat, I'm not pro-fascist. Just saying. <laughs> we know these things. You seem to speak very highly of them. Well, I speak Just very <laughs> highly of, 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 of communists for all their economic successes. Wait, there are? Uh, <laughs> oh, but don't, it's, it's the capitalist fault, though. Okay, back to Paul. Hi, <laughs> I'm Paul. I hope you weren't sleeping. I wasn't. Yeah, so what is your take on that? You already said what you prefer, but we see that sometimes it's effective. Shoot. And like you rightfully said, we don't know what would have been the effect had those uh, measures not been implemented. Perhaps the alternative would have been better. Yeah. But, and we never got to see it. But it's like given those what we see, it's like the world if blank hadn't happened or whatever. Yeah. And it's like utopia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, given what we've seen and and the experiences that we have, we can only go off of what we've seen and mm -hmm. the experiences that we have. My favorite, I sorry, you yeah. said a meme. So yep. My favorite one of those memes <laughs> is the leftist one, and it's it's the one of like the futuristic super city or whatever. Uh -huh, yeah, it's yeah. like if Marx had never written 
Um, oh, what is it? On the Jewish problem. <laughs> that was the thing he actually wrote because of like outsized wealth. Like, yeah. like how do we deal with bankers and that sort of thing? Like, and, and so of course that's seized by like every like actual, every like anti-Semite is being like, ah, like, look, Marx is a racist too. He was a racist. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that, that funny leftist meme. I love that one. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, so my view yeah. on uh, all this jazz. Uh, what was I saying before I made the meme joke? Oh, so like <laughs> what the world would look like, whatever, we don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I still think, I, I think if a group of smart people got in a room who weren't controlled by corporations um, and they were to... Ch- See, that's the thing, though. Corporations control everything. I don't know. Maybe... Um, Populist. Yeah, yeah, But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like if the implementation was done correctly... And, I mean, we can only guess what the best implementation would be because there's nothing would have ever been done on the scale. Um, and we don't know how it would work in America and in this our society and in this day and age as opposed to the past. There's a million things we can't account for. So all we can do is give our best guess. But I think there could be fail-safes put in if, like, this is not working as planned, alternate plans, lots of things. I think some smart people could come up with some ways to efficiently put this in place. Because I think the what you were describing is is similar ideas, but it was the implementation that was really poor in one case and really good in the other case. And you could see there were very different results because of that. Yeah. And so I think if some smart people came up, not me, came up with some good implementation and then slowly rolled it out with lots of fail-safes and options and things like that, then it could be really good. Hmm. Mic drop. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that's, it's like, that's why I would like to do experiments on Australia. Um, <laughs> you know like, what's coming back. I, what is it with you in Australia? No, I'm just picking. I'm just picking them on today because we do. Usually, usually it's Annex Canada. Usually, that's the funny. Part, but, um, I, I just the concept of like if we had some sort of budget, if we had the budget for it, then like experimenting on a large scale on a lar- on large scale economic things to actually yeah. test if things work out well when there aren't militaries it would be so beneficial for the future like competition to see. yeah just to, just to see because then you can test economic models you can run simulations you get a lot of really good data so like as a data scientist like i want to run massive nationwide experiments uh, or not nationwide but nation size small uh-huh. nation size but why does this sound sort of like something that happened in like late 1930s in germany in, I mean, with Joseph Mengelev, he ran. I mean, running massive experiments. Yeah, they humans. ran massive experiments with some pretty messed up stuff. Well, the, I'm, not, I'm a, talking <laughs> about like you've signed the waiver now. Come and live in my happy society. <laughs> well, yes, but like, but then if you want to get all the data, you have to see what happens when things go really bad. And you don't have to intervene. This is a dystopia. No, we don't have to. And it means you won't be intervening when things are going bad. If if this is in the pursuit of data, you have to have them. Well, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm not a mad either. scientist from a movie. Well, then, yes. be like, they're like, hey, sir, the, the children are starving. Yes, but I love science, so fuck <laughs> <them."> Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but people don't 
actually do, I mean, okay, people might actually do that. I'm not gonna actually do that. Though. Okay, that's why, fair that's enough. My fair point enough. Is like, because especially if you say stuff like that, they'll be like, "See, the academics are planning to you see, put but chips in us." But you're still doing large-scale experiments on yeah. a very but, large group of people. I'm like, I mean, a could you get a group of people that large who would be willing? Almost definitely not. Um, I don't know. I would like to. Th I mean, I feel like it's a pain in the ass to get a group of people, a small group of people, willing to do an experiment. Yeah. And then you tell them their entire life is going no, to be no, no. an experiment. You put them on an island and you make it a reality TV show. So the Truman Show. <laughs> Back to the Truman Show. <laughs> no, you, I didn't say. I didn't say no to that. It's just going to be a, like the Utopia show or something. It's literally you simulate a utopia. You give people these food. You get it. That There's is a cameras, very expensive so show. So everyone gets to entertain it, but we also get a lot of good data off of it. On the scale I'm pitching of this to anybody who's higher, listening. Like, have you heard of this Net logo? Of a, a crunk of a country? Net logo? Yeah, have you heard of Net Never logo? heard of her. So it's this, uh, I don't know if it's not a language, but kind of like a software, kind of like a language, but it allows you to run these simulations like with societies. You can create communities. Well, and it's out of Northwestern University. Yeah. Cool. Oh, nice. And a lot of biologists use them. Some uh, people who do, like some e economists also use them. So you set some rules, uh, get your populations. You can Didn't create Diana White show people this at some point? She, pro she probably students? did. Yeah, she probably did. One of her, or yeah. one of her undergrads was, yeah. was using it. Yep. I think it's a very cool thing. I'd actually been thinking about Although I've never had the I just, time to I just, get around yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I'm like, like yeah. uh, I mean, it could be cut. Like, like, I know. Like, cr create something, like a simulation, <laughs> have it run. Our three names are enough, so, like, it's, like, I, whatever, fair enough, fair whatever, enough. but... Emmanuel Sorry, also said something earlier that uh, as well, and I was like, uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just, oh, no. Yeah, it's fine. Let's anyway, edit it out. I mean, but, we can. But, True. But I was thinking of like running a simulation for like several uh, days, or at least in the modeling world, maybe several yeah. years. Mm -hmm. But then for like a few three day long simulation. Yeah, but, and that's my problem is that like to when see it, what it leads to, whether it will lead to anarchy. Whenever or, people yeah. do differential equations modeling, <clears throat> stochastics modeling, anything like that, and I say, okay, how did we determine your parameter values? And they don't say experimentally or through data, I want to get up and walk out because I don't care anymore. Like, that's the sort of thing we need to be doing experiment or that we could potentially get data for because I don't think In those Australia. necessarily have any value because these things, <laughs> these, like, these, the sort of the sorts of models are so hard. Like, you can have very small changes in model parameters that lead to yeah. wildly different yep. equilibrium states oh, and yeah. outcomes. So, like, you, you could be getting something and you're like, hey, I think this makes sense. But if your model parameter is even slightly unrealistic, it's giving you a completely different outcomes. So those models don't mean anything unless we have data to actually match it to um, and to make informed like things about. So yeah, I, I, like, I think that that sort of economic simulation is super useful. And one of the big things in economics right now, I think the Nobel Prize like last year, a couple of years ago was for it, where you take uh, towns that are very, very similar, like you control for a sufficient number of variables between them, and then you're able to actually test out differences between um, different policies on like minimum wage, for instance, was mm. one of the ones that was done. So mm. those are the kind of things, I, I forgot what they call, they're just like real world experiments or something like that. Those yeah. are the kind of things that are like the, the best we can do. But yeah. as far as like macroeconomic policy, you can't really do that because yeah. all the countries are just so, so not comparable, yeah. so different. 
Um, there's so many different th- like psychosocial things going on there. Like macroeconomics, like you can't really do. I that mean, sort well, of yeah, thing, that's so. that's like why separate countries exist. I feel is because we have those large differences, and so it's like, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be the same. Because like you could be like, oh, we'll just like split the U.S. in two or whatever, and it's like, yeah, if we split the U.S. in two, it would become two very different. I mean, look at oh yeah, look at Britain. I mean, oh, yeah. they were like, yeah, let's just throw some colonies over here. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> So, oh, yeah. yeah, it's very hard. Like what you guys have rightfully said, different economic policies or different governments, uh, like economic systems and different governments really make a huge difference. I mean, look at China. Uh, isn't that how Hong Kong was created? Wasn't it like an economic zone that was created in China? And uh, Yeah, by like by the British <laughs> being yeah. assholes. But tr- <laughs> the story yes. of the history of the entire world. Yeah. And Taiwan is also, they're just Chinese that decided to settle the... And well, they decided because they were kicked out of their country, well, so they're, yeah. yeah, that... But bottom line is they are the same group of people, yeah. and yet you see how completely different the two countries yeah. are. Yeah. This, so this is something, I've, I've heard various people, this is a, like a, a, a tangent on this, I've heard various people give takes like, hey, uh, you know... Texas can't just decide to secede from the union or whatever. Like we can't like this, you know, civil war over COVID or whatever mm-hmm. that people were talking about. Like you can't just decide to secede or California can't just decide to secede. Like you can't just have these things. We can't allow that. But I'm like, okay, so what's your justification for Taiwan? Cause all the people <laughs> who do that support Taiwan. Yeah. And so, cause that's what I'm not sure about, right? Like what, what just cause like Taiwan is just, Chinese people with different political opinions. Now they've developed into very much like a, a their own cultural zone yeah. that's away from things. Like it's very different now. But um, I'll have to I'll have to ask people who know more about this than me or do some research on it because I don't actually know. Trying not to pick it, a fight. I love picking fights. But. I mean, with anything. I mean, that's just how countries form. It's like people have these different viewpoints. And honestly, for a long time, I was of the the viewpoint that the the, the U.S. should split into with like how. Uh, how uh, split in two we are right yeah, now. Yeah, how two-sided the political system has become that like it would just make more sense for people who believe one to go one way and people who believe the other to go the other. And then... So we just have two dictatorships. No, you could just have, I mean, you just have two of everything, right? Yeah, I mean, no, but you have two parties, right? Well, no, each well, of those two parties would splinter, right? So yeah, you, yeah, there would be the multiple left, facets. You'd have, the, you'd have the Democrats, and then you'd have the, the leftists, and then on the right, you'd have, like, the the populist right-wingers and the pro-business But But it would be, like, much more likely, I feel, for things to get done, because there's a, there's a larger unifying basis there, whereas here it's so, uh, what's the word, di- Dichotomized? Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but I, like, I think you'd run into the same thing. I mean, you're yeah, there's nothing the a leftist thing. hates more than a liberal. That, have you ever heard the expression, cut a liberal and a fascist bleeds? <laughs> but, they but, hate liberals. I, I don't know. I just feel like... So I agree. So no, I don't... And I don't think anybody could disagree. Can, can ever disagree with that Can fact it really that, like, happen? We are super split right now on a lot of issues that nobody is willing to back down on. Yeah. We are split even how we view certain like factual occurrences because there's been such a media divergence in terms mm-hmm. of like what people consume. What do you mean? The earth is flat. From. True. <laughs> uh, the moon's just like, cheese. So yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I just don't, I think, I don't think that when people refuse to accept that they're wrong about something, I don't think that like, giving them their way is the right option. I also agree. I, agree. I think Pelosi, I think Pelosi, one of the few like things that I agree with her that she said, um, like the, the Democrats need a strong Republican party. 
I think I agree <laughs> with that. I think that that both like in a in a two party system or in a you know. A, you do need strong opposition because you should be challenging each other's ideas. And I think the problem right now is that nobody challenges each other's ideas. You just like challenge, uh, just attack the challenge person. straw men. Yeah. Or, well, or like, and that's always been the case in politics, but it's like really extreme right now in terms of. You don't of, like, like your argument, engage, just attack the person saying it. But then, do you think the U.S. should have split off from Britain? Do I think the U.S. should have? Do you think any country should have split off ever? We should all just be one country. Well, no, no, no. So, so yeah, but there's a clear. There was a clear. Even back then, there was a very clear difference between Americans and British, even in terms of like, uh, even in terms of makeup at that point. Like there, there was a there was a decent amount of heterogeneity within like within the people that made up different states within that sort of thing. But the problem is in America, you can't really draw those lines except between like urban and rural things. And if well, you cut out the rural, if you cut out the urban part, the rural part just dies. There's a, you can't yeah, just because yeah, it's, it's it's people of different opinions, but we're all living intermixed with each other. Well, well, the idea would be, I mean, I don't know how the hell it would happen, but like, you, you just cut it down the middle, tell people to go to one side, well, the other the, people to go like, to the other. There's like Nazis who want to make the Northwest Front. They say like all the all the white people or whatever. This was like I don't know, this was years ago. So like, was it around Trump time? Like all the all the 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 white race should migrate to like the the Northwest states, like those empty ones, and just make a new country there. And kick everyone else out. That was their idea. They haven't done it yet, from what I can tell. <laughs> I don't know. Is anybody, is anybody? I don't think people live in those states actually. Nice to fish in, but I have can't more say cows much than people. Them. True. Yeah. I, so like I, I don't know. I think that. I think that people need to do what we're doing. I think people need to talk. They need to talk about things. They need to talk with each other and talk about economics. Talk about policy. I think that like, if we just give up on each other. This sounds corny as shit, but I think if you just give up, it's just like, you're just done. Like, you're not going to get anywhere. As much as I want to give up on people who drive giant trucks and pour their exhaust into my windows and redistribute their wealth I get it. You're, mad, ab you're mad about it. <laughs> well, I, I've never denied being mad about it. I'm super mad about it. <laughs> I'm super mad about it. It's bad for my lungs, much less the inside Okay, of and what is it about pocket. Australia, too? But no, I don't. I don't hate Australians okay. at all. I just thought. I just think it's funny. I'll, I'll go back to saying Annex Canada next episode. Um, no, but it's it's the fact that it's like a giant island, and that there's like, I guess like Britain's also a giant island, and nobody yeah. really likes British. It's like That's, the meme online for the I'm last okay year has just been like hate on British people. A couple of years now, hate on bongers. So like, maybe just annex Britain. We just do it back to them. The colonized, Brit the colonized Great Britain memes. That was a thing. That was a thing. Yeah, that it was. A... It wasn't. It wasn't like super popular, but. That was the thing. That was pretty funny. Jeez. We just call it, we're just like, we're back. The queen is dead. It's all right now. <laughs> Dark Brandon is calling. Oh, the no. internet remains undefeated. Oh, gosh. It's all right, Emmanuel, where are we? Where are we? Yeah. Okay. So what can we do as individuals? Cry. It, given any uh, economic, say, system that we exist in. Well, so that Clear, obviously we can't take the wealth of the one percent. Yeah, and none of us even make the ten percent. Oh, not even close. Not, not even close. close. What should we do as in so that very? What much can you do as an individual? What political system you live in? Because okay. politics is how individuals engage with society. And it society. also depends if you are in the ten percent, or if you're in the forty percent, yeah. or if you're in the ninety-nine percent, yeah. whatever the case is. <laughs> yeah. What can you do? Okay, so uh, how should a person process? Since you've said it yeah. depends on the economic system, what is general? Like, how should a person process through 
Depends on the economic and political system. Yeah, d- How, depending on what, whatever I mean, economic and political certainly system. Certainly, like you're in America. Yeah. I don't know. I. So, what? Okay, wait. Let me. I gotta. I gotta get an idea of this question because, like, I have too many answers for too many different like possible interpretations of this question. What? Pick what the first can one. you do as an individual, or like, what should we do, or what should I do, or what can I do, or like any individual? Because you're like, like. This is where it gets kind Should. of the party lines, like, hey, okay. get a job. <laughs> hey, go and get a skill, learn a trade. Like the just the classic, like the classic uh, angry old guy ones of just like, hey, get a life, get a job, do something. Do something. Um, I, I think that that's like, I think no matter what economy you're in, that's probably like, wasn't that a meme for a while? In this economy? I think that's a, that was a thing. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I, I I think that like I went into STEM because if you can learn to solve problems, you're probably going to be okay in any economy. Yeah. Uh, if you can make yourself useful to powerful people or make yourself useful to powerful institutions and become part of those institutions. No moral loading here by the way, like unironically, mm-hmm. like do these things. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I, I like. I think that's how you should approach things. If if you if you have some big political agenda, you're like, I want to change the economy. Well, you should become part of the institutions that govern the economy, and mm-hmm. then move from there. Um, I uh, protest. We have a right to protest. I think that's great. But I think like yeah. working hard <coughs> and being really good at something, and then like move, like all the man like the standard self help manosphere stuff. Unironically, like do those things. And then use those things to achieve your political aims or to push towards them. Yeah. Or to your economic you need aims. to have a like, voice first. Yeah, like, and, yeah. And, and everyone has a voice, but you need to make yourself wor- someone worth listening to. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think that any, on any political schedule, I think people, like, would agree with that, right? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that's controversial. I don't think that saying, like, like, trust me, do, if you need, if you wanted something. to find someone who would disagree with you, you will. I'm sure, yeah. Just, just, just post it on 4chan. True. <laughs> well, yeah, I I post it on I post, post it, on it on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Because I'll get called less slurs, but I'll get the same response. It's X groups' fault. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, post anything on Twitter. Anything on Twitter? Yeah. I mean, I don't post on I, Twitter or 4chan. So that, <laughs> I just like I don't like. Man, I like I feel like you post on Twitter. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have a great discussion about these things with people. Who are and then you like, kidding? if I if I I just feel like one day I'm gonna. I'm going to say something, and there's going to be an inter- a possible interpretation of it that is bad, and then all of a sudden I'm fired. Well, like that, yeah. I'm just like, that's not worth it. Oh, I'd rather just not. start a podcast or something. And then have someone fire you after listening to the podcast. Because <laughs> clips are going, yeah. <laughs> clips are going around where I talk about how great uh, Japan's fascist economy was or something like that. The, the only difference there really is that... There's a handful of people who might see it on Twitter, whereas there's probably a smaller handful that will hear the podcast. True. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Paul? What, what, can, what can you do as an individual in any economy? Like, how, how should we engage with these sorts of ideas? Like, speci- I'll make it more specific. Like, redistribution of wealth. How should an individual engage with that concept in a healthy manner? In a productive manner. That actually sounds very good. Yeah, I should have worded it that way. In the U.S., Great. I don't... <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like you have. can't. And it, it, it sucks that it's that way. I mean, I would say, like, local elections and things like that, I think, are important. Because 
there you you definitely I think have more of a say than when you get on the large scale you like the voting for president like I mean I don't know I I, I do think the people have way less of an opinion um, or well, their opinion matters way less than it should so I mean even but even like the Biden administration is is interested in some form I mean we've always with as soon as we did graduated income taxes we have redistribution of wealth right like I, yeah. like 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 the redistribution of wealth has always to some degree been a thing to counter negative externalities but yeah. like I mean what about like the I forget what that's called but like the tax on people's um like stock Gains oh, the, past. The what capital, capital gains yeah. tax. Yeah. So what about the capital gains tax? Like I think that, and like that's been something that people on the left have been pushing for for a very long time. So I, I think that like you know through concerted effort, there's been some political engagement by individuals that has led to measurable change. So I wouldn't, and and at the national level too. So but so. I, but I don't know. I I would say as an average person in the world, yeah. Uh, no. Maybe there's one person who comes to power in the Senate or who's a uh, mayor of a big city or something, and then they have that opinion, and then it gets... But I, I feel like, like they always say, you know, like, call your senator, call your, your senator and let them know your opinion. And it's like, does it really... I don't matter. know. I feel like it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. unless right. you get a very large group of people, in which case we're not talking about individual anymore, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. completely irrelevant. Yeah. But but you don't think the, that... Once again, like, oh, that group is composed of individuals, and if your individual, Precisely. if your individual, like, prognosis is like, we should give up and nothing matters, then you just have the '60s again. Well, people were rioting in the '60s, even though they thought they should give up and nothing matters. So maybe that's a bad comparison, but I don't know. I, I, I am of the strong opinion that like the 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 voting system and the representation of the people needs to be drastically changed before I will become of the opinion that the individual matters. And I know so what you you're mean, saying, and I understand. Well, yeah, yeah. And I, there's, these are all like, uh, I mean, all the things I'm saying are just like level one counter arguments. Yeah. But like the, like, do you think that I'm scouting for next episode? Because my goal is to convince you otherwise. Oh, but boy. the, do you think that the entire system should be overhauled? Or do you, do you, like, do you generally think that? Regardless of existing power structures, the state of existing power structures, like a democratic system or a democratic republic system has merit. Oh, yes, it's for possible. sure. It does have okay, merit. So it is possible. So your problem is with the current manifestation that we have it's is no longer balls. functional. Yes. Okay. That's great. I think that's a, that's something we can talk. That's something we can go back yeah. on. Yeah. That's, that's a good segue, I think. Because, like, I, we're going to get out of economics into politics for that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well... I don't know. Thank you for the really cool talk, Emmanuel. I yeah, think this that was like fun. The, 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 it's a good topic. Yeah, I learned some things, good. and I still just every time I think about eating the rich, I just imagine people literally like stop, eating. Stop! Stop! Okay, sorry. <laughs> All right, this is uh, the Finding the Overton Window podcast. I'm Daniel T. Fuller. I'm Paul Dougal. Emmanuel Atendama. And we will see you guys next time. <laughs>